Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Yes, it is time for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, who determines the ownership of water rights here in Texas? Well, for about as long as we've been a nation and a state, that has been the judicial system. But a recent court case has muddied the waters on that a bit. We'll check in with the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association to see what they're doing to try to fix that situation. We'll have that story to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we wait to see what the future holds for industrial hemp production in Texas, growing hemp for grain is one possibility. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The La Nina climate pattern over Texas should continue through the winter months and possibly to the spring of 2022. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the National Weather Service outlook on Texas Ag Today. Farmers and ranchers from across Texas are in the coastal bend this weekend for an important meeting. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Who determines the ownership of water rights here in the state of Texas? Well, the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association says the Texas judicial system should make that call. But a recent case over water rights in central Texas has muddied the waters on that question. Brian McLaughlin chairs the Legal Advisory Committee for TSCRA. He says the organization has filed a brief with the Texas Supreme Court asking them to reverse a lower court decision that says the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality has the authority to determine ownership of water rights. In the past, and historically in Texas, that has been reserved for the judiciary. 100 percent. And so this would be an administrative agency determining property rights, which which boy, that would that would change all of Texas law. And TSCRA doesn't believe a government agency should have that authority. TSCRA believes that it's the Texas judicial system should determine ownership rights, certainly water rights, mineral rights, whatever it may be. It is, it is not the role of a record keeping, you know, a legislative designed entity to determine those type of rights. The TCEQ certainly has a right to regulate water usage, but that's not their role to determine ownership of water rights. McLaughlin says there's no word yet on when the Texas Supreme Court will hear the case. If you're a horse owner who wants to learn more about foaling, there's a new online resource for you. There's a new opportunity for horse owners to learn more about the foaling process. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and AgriLife Learn have launched an online mare and foal workshop. 
The workshop includes information on predicting and preparing for full arrival, postpartum placental evaluation, proper nutrition for a pregnant mare, and vaccination programs. The content was developed by industry leaders and is presented by Dr. Jennifer Zeller and Dr. Chelsea Huseman, Extension Horse Specialists. The workshop is $75 and is available online. A link is available at today.agrilife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Beltwide Cotton Conferences are coming back to Texas. The National Cotton Council is sponsoring the annual Beltwide Cotton Conferences on January 4th through the 6th at the Marriott River Center Hotel in San Antonio. If you'd like to attend the conferences or find more information, you can check out cotton.org beltwide. Attendees are encouraged to pre-register for the annual cotton event. Again, it's the Beltwide Cotton Conferences January 4th through 6th at the Marriott River Center Hotel in San Antonio. What exactly is industrial hemp and what does the future hold for this new crop in Texas? James Hunt looks for some answers. Texas Hemp Growers Association President Kyle Bingham says communications is a big priority for his organization. We're looking to create a positive public image for the industrial hemp industry and continue to sustain a strong working relationship with law enforcement to share what we're doing. We're not marijuana. We're something else. We're not an intoxicating industry and we want to keep that communication strong there. And then also with the public to say the same thing, like, hey, if, if you have a hemp house, you're not getting high in it. It doesn't work that way. So no, industrial hemp is not dope. And as Bingham has made clear previously, hemp is also not an easy way to get rich. The CBD market many once thought was going to be extremely lucrative has taken a huge tumble due to oversupply. But other opportunities are emerging for those who are serious about growing hemp. Yesterday we talked about hemp fiber, and despite some issues to resolve, there's also grain. Grain I think has a lot of potential, but if you watch the Canadian market, it's kind of had its ups and downs as they've slowly built that grain market. We are working toward the legalization of hemp grain into cattle feed. The feds kind of forgot to do that when they legalized all this, and so now we are having to completely restart that process and spend a bit of money on research and education to work to get USDA to approve it. By the way, hemp parts are legal for human feed and they're considered generally safe for human feed, but the feds had no answer and didn't write into the law what to do with animal feed. So that's a big market we're missing there. As Kyle Bingham and others work to bring the hemp business along, we'll continue following their progress. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The La Nina climate pattern is affecting Texas weather. Tom Nicoletti visits again with a Fort Worth meteorologist about La Nina's effect on our winter weather this year. The mostly drier and warmer weather outlook for the southwestern and southern United States, including Texas this winter, is the result of La Nina. National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw explains. La Nina means that we are experiencing cooler than normal sea surface temperatures in the equatorial Pacific, and that pattern is continuing and will probably persist all the way through the winter months, which means for us continued repetition of warmer and drier conditions across Texas and the southern parts of the United States through the winter months. And you foresee this lasting uh, well beyond even December into uh, January and February uh, as winter continues? Large-scale models are indicating that the La Nina pattern is probably going to persist 
persist into the spring of 2022 before it starts to recede and we start to go back to neutral conditions. And from that standpoint, temperatures uh, certainly uh, warmer than normal for the winter. Are we talking uh, just a few degrees above normal or, or several degrees? kind of hard to say when you average up all the temperatures over a a 90-day period from December through February, on average, you're going to see temperatures that are probably two or three degrees above normal, which means milder nights, high temperatures in the afternoons, which are a little bit above normal. Doesn't mean we won't have cold spells. Doesn't mean we won't have cold fronts moving into the area, but it does mean that those cold fronts will be reduced in frequency and in magnitude, and we'll see relatively mild winter. Unfortunately, it's impossible to rule out the short duration extreme cold spells like what we saw last February. It just means that it's less likely that those types of cold spells will occur across Texas this winter. That is Tom Bradshaw, National Weather Service meteorologist in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers from throughout Texas will make the trek to Corpus Christi this weekend. Harvey Buring reports from the Coastal Bend. The Texas Farm Bureau's annual convention is being hosted at the convention center in Corpus Christi this weekend. The three-day event is expected to have as many as a thousand people taking place in the various activities, including Farm Bureau's recognition of outstanding individuals and also the important policy development sessions that take place along with the business meetings. And Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick are to be addressing farmers and ranchers attending the convention. Also, we'd like to remind uh, landowners and farm operators in B, Nueces, and San Patricia County of an important meeting on the new pilot program related to the eradication and control of feral hog populations in those three counties. This meeting will be held on Wednesday evening of December the 8th. It'll begin at 6 p.m. at the Butter Churn Restaurant on 207 Sinton Street in downtown Sinton. Officials with the USDA APHIS Wildlife Services Division will be on hand to provide some overview and updates on the project effort in the area. So for more details, uh, producers in those areas can call the Natural Resource Conservation Service or County Extension Office's in B, San Patricio, and Nueces counties for additional details. Reporting from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Now's the time to sign up for Huntmaster Training in 2022. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there's a new program that will allow students to become a veterinary assistant. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you know of a student interested in working in the veterinary field, there's a new program that allows students to become veterinary assistants. Dr. Bob Judd has the details. The Veterinary Science Certificate Program is a nationally recognized program designed for students interested in becoming a veterinary assistant and is a good program for those students interested in pursuing veterinary medicine as a career. Nikki Boutwell is the program coordinator at Texas A&M, and she is in the process of updating and restructuring this curriculum. Nikki is with the Animal Science Department at A&M, and she has experience running the program on a high school level. Students who complete the course can learn skills necessary to become a veterinary assistant and become certified by the Texas Veterinary Medical Association. The program is available at high schools, 4-H, and homeschool programs, or is available as an independent self-study program. Lots of students use the program as a resume builder to apply to veterinary technician school or veterinary school. And she indicates many students take the course online at AgriLife Learn Platform Online. There is a training for teachers of the program, and there are even summer camps available. Tens of thousands of students have purchased the program, as the program has spread from Texas to the entire U.S. and even to Japan. The curriculum is a broad-based education in which students not only learn about being a vet assistant, but also many animal science concepts. The coordinator works with the TVMA so students that pass the course can take the certification. So if you know of anyone wanting to become a veterinary assistant, this is a good place to start by contacting the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service or the Animal Science Department at Texas A&M. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Now is the time to sign up for Huntmaster training in 2022. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Youth Hunting Program has released its calendar of Huntmaster training opportunities for 2022. TYHP Huntmasters are trained volunteers who may fill various roles on a TYHP hunt that is designed to help young, inexperienced hunters experience the hunting process. Chris Mitchell, TYHP Director, joins us with more on Huntmaster training. If you do want to take the next step and become a Huntmaster, there's two ways to do that. You can do some coursework on your own and then attend a one-day training workshop, and we have several of them scheduled right now. The other option is to attend a two-day event usually on a Friday and a Saturday, where there's no prerequisite work required ahead of time. You just show up and we walk you through all the training. And then the final step is what we call certification. So if you earn the title Huntmaster and you want to become a lead Huntmaster, we need to certify you through your first hunt. We link that Huntmaster up with either a staff member or an experienced lead Huntmaster, and they attend a hunt with them to make sure that they follow all of our procedures and policies correctly and that it's set up the way that it should be. And then after that, when they're comfortable, then they're off on their own to recruit volunteers, recruit youth, train volunteers, and run hunts. You can sign up for Huntmaster training on the Texas Youth Hunting Program website. That is tyhp.org, tyhp.org. There's a link at the top of the page that says Volunteer and Huntmasters. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, this has been a rough week for the markets, so how did things shake out on Thursday? 
Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup jim today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. There was a modest rally in the live cattle market on Thursday due to good demand. December live cattle up $1.65 to $137.65. February live cattle up $0.97 cents to $139.57. April live cattle up $0.82 cents to $142.60. The fed cattle market was impacted by a rally in the corn market Thursday, but demand for fed cattle remained strong. January feeder cattle down a nickel to 165.77. March feeder cattle up 42 cents to 168.32. April feeder cattle up 45 cents to 170.90. Boxed beef was higher Thursday, choice up $1.28 to $2.71.50, select up $0.61 cents to $2.58.58. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear sheep and goats on a Thursday, it's time to review the results of the sheep and goat sale in San Angelo at Producers in Cargill with Benny Cox. Benny, how was that sale? Well, we had another light run. We had 41.65, and that market was on fire. We we saw these wool feeder lambs bring 10 to 20 dollars higher. If the slaughter lambs, these light into these air sheep type, they were heck, they were 15, 25 higher. Slaughter ewes, 15 to 25 higher. These kids were another 25 to 30 dollars higher. The slaughter nannies, they sold awful good, 170 all the way up to 264, but mostly 208 to 233. Slaughter billies sell from 220 to 295. Worlds of them in that 250 to 270 range. The wool lambs that we saw we saw some big old old crop things that sailed down as low as 278 heck they weighed way over 100 and some of those lightweights all the way up to 376 on these uh, light in these hair sheep type slaughtered lambs uh 320 to 426 your heavier weight some of those big old yearling type kind of 270 ish all the way up to 385 and that's over 85 pounders uh the slaughter usually sell from 110 to 185 mostly 153 to 160 kid goats sold in a range from 310 all the way up to 438 but mostly 370 to 408 with some of those feeder lambs up to 458 good now how is the cattle sale progressing you know we were catching some cattle yesterday i'm guessing we're going to be north of thousand of course that market's awful good this fat cattle market got up to 140 and these uh big feeder cattle as well as these calves are a lot higher at oklahoma city on monday steve benny tell everybody how to contact y'all they, they can call me at 325-234-4277 the office same area code 653-3371 or they can always look at the web which is producersandcargyle.com neighbor that's it for walking the pins i'm your host larry marble we're a production of the texas farm bureau radio network i'll see you tomorrow 
There was a bit of a rally in the lean hog market Thursday due to ample support from the cash market and a strong export report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. December lean hogs up 77 cents to 74.40. February lean hogs up $1.87 to 82 even. Block cheese was steady Thursday at $1.85. Barrel cheese rose a quarter to $1.60. That lent support to Class 3 milk. December Class 3 milk up 30 cents to $18.34. January Class 3 milk up 20 cents to $18.30, a hundredweight. The U.S. cotton harvest is underway, and that did impact cotton prices on Thursday. March cotton down 49 points to 103.70. May cotton down 37 points to 102.40. December 2022 cotton up 18 points to 86.58. Corn rallied Thursday for the second day in a row on a solid weekly sales report from USDA and a recovery in crude oil prices. December corn up 5 to 5.77, March corn up 5 and a quarter to 5.76 and 3 quarters, September corn up 3 to 5.57 and 3 quarters. Concerns with quality of hard red winter wheat in Texas and the western United States and fear of tensions between Ukraine and Russia led hard red wheat to close higher on Thursday. December hard red wheat up 24 and a quarter to 838 and a half. March hard red wheat up 23 to 842 and a quarter. July hard red wheat up 18 and a quarter to 823 and a half. January natural gas down 14 cents to 411. February natural gas down 13 cents to 405. Crude oil prices recovered a bit on Thursday after OPEC Plus decided that it will stick to the plan to incrementally increase oil output in the coming months. January crude oil up $1.53 to 67.10. February crude oil up $1.50 to 66.87 a barrel. The Dow was up 643 points Thursday to 34,665. The S&P 500 up 68 to 4,581. The Nasdaq was up 128 points to 15,380. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you'll join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.